Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views and current affairs for the LGBT community, this is the World Wide Wave. And it's World Wide Wave time, Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. I'm Matt and I'm joined here at the wonderful Victorian Pride Centre studios of Joy by... Alex. Good evening. Hello, Andrew. You're back with us. I am. And welcome, Stefan. Hello. It is hard to think of a worse place in the world to be queer than Iraq. Aside from the criminalisation of homosexuality and the death penalty under Sharia law, LGBT people have, uh, have to deal with violence in the family, armed vigilantes, enforcing so-called morality laws and discrimination from a society that doesn't understand them and doesn't want to. Human Rights Watch, in partnership with Eric Queer, have documented stories from LGBT people in Iraq. In a challenging read, they have produced the report Everyone Wants Me Dead, Killings, Abduction, Torture and Sexual Violence Against LGBT People by Armed Groups in Iraq. Tonight, we hear from report author Rasha Yunus from Human Rights Watch and brave activist Amir Ashour from Eriqueer. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. Our report documents eight abductions, eight attempted murders, five extrajudicial killings, 27 instances of sexual violence, including gang rape, 45 threats to rape and kill, and 42 cases of online targeting by armed units within the Popular Mobilization Forces, or the PMS. In Iraq today, armed groups wander the cities, enforcing so-called morality laws. They operate with the full knowledge and support of police forces and the government. LGBT people are particularly targeted for the cruelest attacks. To expose these attacks to the world, Human Rights Watch, joined with local advocacy group Ira Queer, to share real-life stories from LGBT people inside Iraq in the report, Everyone Wants Me Dead, Killings, Abductions, Torture and Sexual Violence Against LGBT People by Armed Groups in Iraq. Some stories may be hard to listen to and involve graphic violence. We warn you that some people might find them triggering. Lead author Rasha Yunus from Human Rights Watch shares some of the stories that they collected of abuses against LGBT people as part of the report. Khadija, a 31-year-old transgender woman from Baghdad, said, In February 2021, I was on my way home from work when five or six men in a huge tinted Hummer stopped me next to a garbage dump in the area. 
They kicked and punched and slapped me all over my head and body. They told me to get up and threw me in a garbage bin. I lay down on the garbage and they pulled out a razor blade and a screwdriver and poked and cut me all over, especially my ass, crotch, and sides. They sliced me up and poured around five liters of gasoline all over my body and set me alight. The neighbors rescued me. Leif, a 27-year-old gay man from Baghdad said, in late May 2020, my boyfriend was killed in front of me. I had a date with him at night. I went to his house and saw a black Honda car parked under his house. Then four men got out of the car. I saw two of them had guns. They all had long beards. They beat him and forced me, forced him to get into the car and drove away. I followed them in my car. They arrived at a big farm, took out my boyfriend and started beating him. I heard him scream and sob. I wanted to help, but I was terrified. They kept beating him for around 20 minutes. Then they shot him five times. The Iraqi government has failed to hold accountable members of various armed groups who have continued to abduct, rape, torture, and kill LGBT people with impunity. The cyclical nature of abuses against LGBT people emanating from the family and stretching into every aspect of their public lives renders any suspicion of homosexuality or gender variance a cause for potential violence, which not only results in the death of LGBT people, but also makes their lives unlivable. Our report documents eight abductions, eight attempted murders, five extrajudicial killings, 27 instances of sexual violence, including gang rape, 45 threats to rape and kill, and 42 cases of online targeting by armed units within the Popular Mobilization Forces, or the PMS. In eight cases, abuses by armed groups and police were against children as young as 15. In 39 cases, the victims were able to identify the armed group behind the attack against them. The numbers are most likely much higher. The attackers are known. Yet, as with so many killings and disappearances in Iraq, the perpetrators have not been held accountable. The groups implicated in the most serious abuses in this report are Asaib Ahl al-Haq, Atabat Mobilization, Badr Organization, Kata'ib Hezbollah, Rab'Allah Group, and Saraya Salam. These armed groups are not unitary entities, but are comprised of networks operating in disorganized patterns for an organized intent maintaining the quote-unquote social order and policing notions of morality. It is important to note that these armed groups whose anti-LGBT violence is documented in our report are all within the popular mobilization forces, which are nominally under the prime minister's control since 2016. The arbitrary nature of the abuses we documented demonstrates that these individuals are targeted as part of a larger scheme to intimidate those who don't adhere to normativity and to punish aberration. While violence against gay men and transgender women is public, 
mostly occurring in broad daylight in the streets and coupled with a chilling intentionality. Abuses against lesbian women and transgender men, including being locked in a room for extended periods, being denied food and water, being burnt, beaten, subjected to conversion practices and forced hormone therapy, being subjected to forced marriages, are often perpetrated by male relatives. We also documented cases of digital targeting and online harassment on social media and same-sex dating applications by armed groups against LGBT people. Rania, a 21-year-old transgender woman from Baghdad was threatened online in May 2020 by unknown individuals. Then she was kidnapped, tortured, and gang-raped in June 2020 by a PMS group. She said that after her abduction, she stopped eating, failed her university exams, and attempted suicide. I feel like the walking dead. I am only half alive, she said. Many of the people we interviewed were young enough to have just graduated from high school. Yet the fear and isolation they described stretched as far as they could remember. Most had never spoken to anyone about what had happened to them. 40 out of the 54 LGBT people we interviewed reported facing extreme violence at least once, almost always by a male family member for their sexual orientation and gender expression. Unlike the Kurdistan region of Iraq, Iraq does not have domestic violence legislation. Instead, its penal code allows for violence against women and children. While in federal Iraq, individuals are targeted by armed groups with murder and torture, in the Kurdistan region of Iraq, police are primarily implicated in arrests, intimidation, and sexual violence against LGBT people. This documentation is very important because it presents damning evidence that violence against LGBT people in Iraq is pervasive and has continued with absolute impunity. Without this evidence, we cannot take action. That's Rasha Yunus, the researcher with Human Rights Watch and lead author of the report, Everybody Wants Me Dead with us on JOY 94.9. Now, if any of those stories have affected you in any way, there's lots of support available here in Australia. Go to joy.org.au forward slash support and you can find uh, all the services there. They're really hard to hear, these stories, aren't they? Indeed. Extremely. Lucky we gave the warning before it. Yeah, yeah. I think, though, and, and certainly... Uh, the aim of producing this report is to shine a light on them. If if yeah. they continue without anybody raising the issue, then they're not going to stop. No. And so much of the news coming out of that region is on, you know, sectarian violence between different groups in Syria, Iraq. Um, we are seeing parallels, though, now with I- Iran, which is, you know, I see there's a parallel here. Mm. So these these so-called more the morality, the morality police, police. Yeah. every time I hear that word, I just cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, these so-called vigilant, these vigilantes who are upholding morality through abhorrent violence, how is that in any way living up to the ideals of their religion? Mm. I just find it's hypocrisy 
drives me crazy. Now, I promise you there is some hope. There is some good news coming up later in the show. Uh, up next, we hear from an insider's account of how the government turns a blind eye on these attacks. This is Worldwide Wave. Where our diverse communities can come together. Joy. What have you never given up on? What have you, um, uh, you know, put in the hard yards and got through to the end on? Any takers here? Uh, language. Language. See, that's what that was my failure. I, yeah. I started in too hard. Look, you- I did start several and then sort of like I did the typical uni thing of sh- uh, language sh- sh- shopping or subject shopping. Yeah. But I did persevere on a couple and it's, you know, it's one of those things like a musical instrument, it does pay off that and you feel. satisfaction at the end. Satisfaction that you have that skill for life. If you so you're a good, good travel buddy now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in the German-speaking world anyway. But we're now looking at Iraq. Human Rights Watch have collected some very difficult stories of LGBT people trying to survive inside Iraq. In their report titled Everyone Wants Me Dead, despite all the challenges, there are still some, there are still people fighting for change. Iraq Queer is the first LGBT advocacy group in the country. Visibility for such group itself is dangerous. Amir Ashour is from Eric Queer and he gives an insider account of the how, of how the government facilitates the attacks on the LGBT community in Iraq. I think, you know, sadly, the Iraqi government uh, has been a huge part of the problem. They've been not only not holding anyone accountable, uh, but they've also been a perpetrator of that violence. Uh, many uh, people have reported being detained, being tortured, sexually abused, and threatened by members of the police or other groups affiliated with the government. For example, in the report, we documented 15 cases of arrest uh, by security forces of LGBT plus people. Uh, For example, uh, Karim, who is an 18-year-old gay man from Najaf, Uh, He said he was 17 when police in Baghdad arrested him, verbally and physically abused him, sexually harassed him, and subjected him to a forced anal exam. Maryam, a 21-year-old lesbian woman, said being harassed by police at checkpoints is an endless tragedy. For her, she also said in 2021 in Baghdad, Police officers surrounded the whole area uh, she was in and then caught her and beat her up in a square in Baghdad. She said, I experienced several beatings like that one, causing fractures to my spine. They would search me in a very sexual way and make fun of my appearance. I could not say anything because there was a gun aimed at me. Everything seemed permissible to them, even murder. These things have been happening for many years, and a lot of the international community thinks it mainly happens in Baghdad, but in reality, it's also happening in the Kurdish region. Uh, so in June 2021, we've been able to document arrest warrants by police in the Kurdish region against 11 LGBT plus rights activists. As of March 2022, the case remains open and they are pending investigation. Most of the arrests of LGBT plus people documented in this report had no legal basis, even under Iraqi uh, law. 
LGBT plus people arrested reported being forced to sign pledges uh, stating that they had not been subjected to abuse and being denied access to lawyers. The conditions of their detentions included being denied food uh, and water, the right to access uh, family and legal representation, or obtain medical services, as well as being sexually assaulted and physically abused. All 54 LGBT plus people interviewed for this report said that they would not report a crime committed against them to the authorities, either because of previous failed attempts where the complaint was dismissed or no action was taken, or because they felt that the blame will be redirected at them due to their non-conforming sexual orientation, gender identities, and expressions. And I want to also highlight that this report was not done without facing consequences by people who were working on it as well, which shows you the difficulties that come with even trying to document these cases. And like Krasha said, without these documentation and and these reports, we cannot hold people accountable. So the danger of both the Iraqi government's lack of action in terms of holding people accountable and the Iraqi government's actions in terms of violating these rights themselves is very big on many levels. Speaking at a press conference to release this Human Rights Watch report, that's Amir Ashur from Iraqia with us on Joy 94.9. And again, that support service uh, number, if you go to joy.org.au slash support, that will give you all the services available here in Australia. The phrase that just stuck in my mind as uh, Amir was speaking there was, everything seemed permissible to them. These are people operating without fear, doing whatever they want, knowing there's no consequence. That is such a scary situation. Mm, Exactly. It's like the Nazis all over again. It is a bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a story we hear again and again, isn't it? Just the police and the impunity um, and why, you know. And the flip side of that is, whilst there's this, um, uh, these attacks coming from, very organised groups, be they the sort of this um, um, militia groups or the police, if you, you, you can't even turn to your family no. because there's all these um, things where the, the male family members are perpetrating yeah. horrible, horrible incidences. Yeah, their helplessness, it must, a sense of helplessness, and that's great. That's why some of the organisations we've spoken to, you know, over the years on from these uh, countries like this, it's so important, aren't they, the networks, because they're the only support available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coming up on Joy 94.9, you will be pleased to hear that there is hope for a future for LGBT people in Iraq. This is World Wide Wave. For all voices, this is Joy. You're on the show that takes you around the globe, one queer story at a time, World Wide Wave. Special hello to everybody listening to us on podcast. You can subscribe to receive our podcasts automatically, either at joy.org.au forward slash World Wide Wave or on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review. 
And coming up in the next week is Give Out Day. If you're not familiar with Give Out Day, it's a national day of giving specifically to LGBTIQ projects, and it supports all sorts of community groups and not-for-profit organisations. And uh, what's more, there's a from the projects, the first $1,500 is matched dollar for dollar to, to each project or each organisation. So, uh, you know, you give 20 bucks, you're actually giving 40 bucks because somebody else is kicking mm. in the balance. Uh, Joy also has one of the projects in there, one of 27 projects nationally, so it's a a great chance to support Joy or one of your other favourite LGBTIQ organisations. Go to joy.org.au, click on the banner for more details. Joy 94.9. Telling personal stories can be a powerful motivator to grab attention, to... uh, promote uh, outrage or to force change it's why human rights watch released the report everyone wants me dead killing abductions torture and sexual violence against lgbt people by armed groups in iraq lead author of the report russia yunis from human rights watch explains her experience as a researcher capturing these interviews Um, Just to be completely honest, this is one of the most difficult um, things I have done, um, just doing the interviews for this project and hearing the stories of individuals, some of them 17, 18 years old, describing to me that they never leave their homes, that they have to censor themselves to survive, that they can't tell anyone about how they're feeling, what they're going through, what it is that is on their minds, even on a daily basis, who face abuses from every aspect and every level of their lives. In a lot of ways, I found myself really just not able to continue with the questions as normal and just putting everything aside. And I I wish Sanad could also speak to this because she was with me on many of the interviews. And we just were dumbfounded by the violence that these individuals experienced and by their inability to be able to even communicate what it is that they wanted to communicate because no one has heard them before. It was absolutely heartbreaking, but also inspiring to hear their strategies for survival. In a lot of ways, they have come up with different strategies that signal to their agency in um, you know, living their daily lives, including humor when talking about the most egregious abuses, including how they can you know, sense if a security officer is going to harass them and what they do, including the safety nets that they have created for themselves, the private groups that they have created to be able to just talk to each other and identify each other in society. So it was a mix of both heartbreaking accounts, but also ingenious strategies for survival that I will keep with me for a very, very long time. Amir, I wanted to ask you, as uh, someone who's been working on the ground on this in Iraq for for so many years, I wanted to ask you if you can talk a little bit about what this type of targeting that we've discussed today, how that compares to, let's say, the last 10, uh, 12 years. Human Rights Watch wrote a report on this topic in 2009. So I'd love to hear from you how the situation has evolved in in this last decade or more. Yeah, luckily, a lot has changed. And well, not always, luckily. Sometimes good things and bad things change in the last uh, decade or so since uh, Human Rights Watch report um, in 2009. I remember when I first started working in this uh, in the movement, 
we couldn't find any resources aside from that report, maybe one other report, and then a couple of BBC documentaries. Uh, so the voices of LGBT plus people have been mainly silenced, even though, as the, your report at the time showed, uh, there were you know a lot of people being killed in a very public uh, way, but there was no accountability really. I think you know the sad part is that the government's uh, attitude towards LGBT plus people has not really changed in general. There are some allies that we've been able to identify, but I can count them on you know one hand's fingers basically. And they're around the country. They try to support as much as they can, but they are a very small minority in a very hostile environment when it comes to human rights of LGBT plus people. Uh, the good thing that has changed is the fact that there are a lot more organizations and activists who are dedicated to advocating for LGBT plus people, many of whom are semi-public, uh, some are even fully public, but the most, most of them are working underground doing life-saving work. Similar to the people that Russia has interviewed, these people continue to find ways to not only survive, but actually have lives. And it's really so inspiring to think about individuals who wake up every day knowing that there is the same amount of violence around them, but to still choose to continue choosing to live the way that they deserve to live as much as possible, obviously. So I find that to be the biggest positive difference since the report in late 2000s. On oh, Joy 94.9, that is Amir Ashur from Iraqia. And um, really, oh, geez, if you're going to be an activist, uh, Iraqia has been running for about six or seven years and uh, to, you know, visibly be known to put yourself out there, that is such a brave and bold thing to do. Unbelievably brave. Um, but interesting that the even the people that aren't putting their you know putting their names out there front and center that underground movement that he says are doing the life saving work there, and and people I love that phrase they're having a life they're actually it's like um, you know some sort of reward that from this hard work they're actually able to have a basic life. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't know how people commit to this sort of life. Like, uh, I would be heading straight for the airport asylum line in a country that well, not that it's that easy. We know, mm. but you know, I I've often reflected on the commitment these people have to just sort of you know staying behind, so to speak, and um, helping. You know, helping the people, creating network, um, despite all this incredible risk. And um, Amir really makes the point there that they they have to tell these stories. They yeah. have to get the news out that this is happening because for so long there was silence. They were hidden. Mm. The world has to know for something to change. Yeah, but yeah, how do we how do we help out though? Because you know that's always a discussion we've had. We yeah, have about, how yeah. do you help out without imposing your values on yeah. on the country? So how do it, certainly? I think in these, uh, what one of the things they were calling for was more um, when there are these horrendous, uh, you know, crimes against against human rights and and murders and things like that. 
that the international community has to has to call it out, has to you know take mm. action through sanctions, or you know there has to be a repercussion for it. So that's certainly something that can um, be you know mm. that is achievable. And, you know, I would hope that there are lots of countries, certainly he mentioned a few there with the, the Netherlands taking the lead. But, yes, it is a fine line to walk mm. between being all aggro or the, you know, I don't know, soft diplomacy of uh, trying to make change. And, yeah, and sometimes there isn't a will for sanction because it's yes, the minority. It's not something, you know, it's, yes. it's I mean, it's absolutely awful. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't affect the majority of people there so or it might be a geopolitical mm. geopolitically unsavory yep. in the sense that uh, unfavorable meaning that you know like there's a big focus on iran because mm. yep. the u.s is happy to point um the finger at uh iran along with other states, and it's yeah. not to say they don't deserve it but when it doesn't fit in that sort of you know geopolitical rivalries of that region we know so well like Saudi Arabia, where the world's yep. attention often is not um, drawn because of um, inconvenient alliances or convenient alliances, I should say. So the report is, Everybody Wants Me Dead, Killings, Abductions, Torture and Sexual Violence Against LGBT People by Armed Groups in Iraq. Go to the Human Rights Watch website to view it and the recommendations. Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. Receive LGBT news from around the world throughout the week. Like World Wide Wave on Facebook now. And I want to say a huge thank you tonight to Rasha Yunus from Human Rights Watch and Amir Ashour from Era Queer. And you can find the report every. Everyone wants me dead at h at www.hrw.org. Thank you to everyone who's uh, interacted with us by Facebook: Jennifer, Liz, James, Rebecca, heap more. That's W Three Joy on Facebook, and, and our fabulous behind-the-scenes team: podcaster Peter and social media master Dean. We'll catch you next week on Worldwide Wave. Ciao. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Worldwide Wave the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash Worldwide Wave, or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news. Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. 